please join me in a moment of prayer for illumination. God of wisdom, by the leading of your spirit, open our minds to receive new insight from familiar stories. Open our hearts to grasp deeper truth revealed through the scriptures and through Jesus Christ, your living word. Amen. Now I invite Angela to read us for today's scriptures. Our first reading is from the Old Testament, Genesis. Chapter 18, reading verses 1 to 10. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, and he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into his tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf he had prepared, and they set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? <clears throat> and he said, They are in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Our second reading <clears throat> is a responsive psalm from the Old Testament, Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. Who do not slander with their tongue and do not evil to their friends, nor heap shame upon their neighbors. In those eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt. Who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be, shall never be moved. Our third reading is from the New Testament, Colossians, chapter 1, reading verses 15 to 28. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, 
without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a minister of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its minister according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden through the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of, of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And our final reading is from the New Testament, Luke chapter 10, reading verses 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. O Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight this day and always. Amen. Today's gospel reading may be familiar for some of you. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, which tells us the story of Martha and Mary, the two sisters who prepare for Jesus' arrival. Martha runs around getting everything ready while Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. And we've all heard the same message before, be less like Martha and more like Mary. Amen. The end of the story, right? Well, unfortunately, I can't do that. While it might be the shortest sermon that I would ever give, you know we can't just rush through something like that, right? Besides, I have two reasons why I can't do that. Number one, if I tried that here, you know how many people would get upset over that? Not to mention the big guy upstairs. Not exactly a good look for a freshly graduated seminary student. And second, because at the promise at the end of this sermon, the message is not going to be, we need to be like Mary. Because I know that you've heard that so many times, and I'd like for us to go in a slightly different direction, which invites us to think about Martha a little bit more than Mary. We're reminded that our faith should reflect that of Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, taking in his wisdom, his teachings, his presence. We see that in the scripture that Jesus responds to Martha's plea with, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about many things. Well, duh, of course she's anxious and troubled about many things. Do you even know who you are, Jesus? Do you know how important you are? Why do you think that Mary, Martha is running around doing all of this hard work? 
Do you think she enjoys being anxious and troubled about many things? And in the thousands of years before Christ arrived on this earth and the thousands of years that have since passed, the concept of hospitality has not changed one bit. Imagine for a minute if the worship and music committee here at the church received a message saying that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was to attend next week's service. How do you think would you react? How do you think I would react? Imagine having to preach for the queen. Mind-blowing. I would probably have the biggest anxiety attack I've ever had, followed by the biggest disbelief that I've ever had. You know how much planning and preparing we would have to do? Making sure that the church is ready for the arrival of the queen. The queen. I can tell you that we would probably collectively become the embodiment of Martha very quickly. But what if we changed the person? Say instead of the queen, the prime minister was to come. Or perhaps the premier. Or the mayor. Maybe the moderator of the General Assembly. Does it sound like I'm going down the list a little bit? A little bit of a tiered list, going from someone who's the most prestigious to someone who's a little bit more common? How does your reaction shift when we go from the queen to the prime minister, or to the premier, or to the mayor, kind of going down the tier list. Does your anxiety kind of calm down a little bit? Maybe it stays the same? I know some of us were probably not as anxious if the mayor were to come to our service versus our literal sovereign, right? There's a certain less reaction to pull out the red carpet, as it were. Sometimes we don't even notice when a visitor joins us for the first time. And our online listeners and, and visitors especially are ignored even more, partly because we don't see them. Good morning online, by the way. I hope you're all doing well. Partly because we just can't see them. I'm sure that none of you could see the people online right now. At least I hope not. And I know that I can't see anybody online, but I know that they're there. Sometimes the only evidence that is left of their visit is a number on the statistic page of our YouTube channel. So why are we rushing for the prestigious people and not someone else? Where does the standard lie in our preparations for visitors? Are we to treat each guest that comes to our church like a VIP? Are we to treat those visitors with a more public profile with, compared to less fanfare? It sounds like we're back to the whole Martha bad, Mary good idea because it's such a natural distinction to go to. And Jesus even directs us into thinking that Mary, Martha is bad and Mary's good in the path in which he says in verse 42, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So, by natural inference, Mary chose the good portion, and Martha has to have chosen the bad portion, right? Mary chose right, and Martha chose wrong. Or did she? Martha's distraction with serving shows us where her priorities lie. Just like if we were to have a guest here at the church or a guest at our home, Martha makes the effort 
to show the best kind of hospitality she can. And we do the same thing in a lot of cases. We put in just a little bit more effort in making sure the house is clean. We have drinks and snacks made available. We make sure that the minor repairs get done so that the guests in our home are safe. And there's a shift in priority when we have guests over. It goes beyond the simple facts of comfort. Hospitality takes on much more serious role. It is the offering of sanctuary and safety. Because when we invite someone to our house, we are declaring to them that this space that we offer is safe and will meet your basic needs. We don't often think of it that way because we're very fortunate to live in a country where basic needs are relatively easy to meet. Not possible for everyone, but relatively easy to make. So usually we put in a little bit more of a prioritized effort to make guests feel welcome. We show hospitality. And there's plenty of examples in the Bible on hospitality, and some where even the host acts exactly like Martha. Our first reading this morning from Genesis chapter 18, Abraham sees the three men and runs to them, practically begging them to stay. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent and told Sarah, quick, three measures of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And then Abraham runs to the herd and grabs a calf and prepares it, taking the curds and the milk and the calf that he's prepared and sets it before them. Sounds a lot like Martha's running around, doesn't it? And yet where in that scripture does it say that Abraham was doing wrong? Because Abraham was not sitting by the feet of these three men. He was working hard to ensure that his hospitality was to the satisfaction of his guests. Or what about in another part of the Gospels, the Gospel of John chapter 12? Jesus comes to Bethany where Lazarus is, and we see a couple of familiar faces, Martha and Mary. John chapter 12 reads, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So now we, not only is Martha going around doing the serving, Mary isn't sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him. She, too, is serving him. Where is the judgment? Where is the, you should be like Lazarus? Mary is serving just like Martha, rather than sitting with Jesus. The hypocrisy, isn't it? But if we look back to the story of Luke, nowhere does Jesus tell Martha to stop and be like Mary. Because Jesus recognizes that Martha's rushing holds importance. Martha wasn't just running around for her own sake. She was working hard, like Abraham, ensuring that her guests' needs are met. And on top of that, Martha had Jesus in her home. 
the man who people say is the Messiah. She was following the instinct that I'm sure we would have if we were placed in that same position, making sure that everything is in tip-top shape. We are taught that Mary made the right decision and that Martha made the wrong one. And I want to challenge that because that notion is a ridiculous one. To not prepare for the arrival of Jesus, to not exercise the elements of hospitality is both dishonorable and disrespectful to any guest, whether it's Jesus or the common person off the street. And this has held true for thousands of years. We as a society have not changed from that understanding. Of course what Martha did was right. It was expected. It was required. To rush and serve is not bad. Kind of breaking news to some of us. Being like Martha is a good thing. It's a good thing to rush and serve. Yes. Yes, it is. And obviously, we want to avoid the whole anxiety and the troubles part. But those characteristics shows that Martha cares about Jesus' physical well-being. But when people tell us that we should be like Mary, there's a key part of that statement that is missing. Martha sees Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teachings. Martha sees that Jesus is teaching. She is fully aware that Jesus is not simply relaxing on the couch, telling jokes or watching television. He's actively teaching her. Just as he has taught thousands of people on mountaintops, in crowds, and in the streets. And while Mary is sitting there listening to the teachings of Jesus, Martha has the audacity to interrupt Jesus and say, Lord, do you not care that my sister has let me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Martha's priorities are on full display. Where are our priorities when we live out the gospel of Christ? When we share the good news of the gospel, do we rush around making sure to check everything off the list? Living our lives as good little Christians, focusing ourselves on a particular element of the gospel while kind of sidelining some of the other parts? Do we even recognize when we're rushing about? Is that even a bad thing? Jesus tells us in that moment with Martha and Mary, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen the right thing to do, and that she will not be deprived of the teachings of Christ. So we naturally infer that Martha chose the wrong portion. But that is not what Jesus is saying. Jesus recognizes the importance of hospitality. The scriptures recognize the importance of hospitality, but the key element that distinguishes the particular case is one thing. You know the old saying, there's a time and a place for everything? There is a time and a place for Martha to be doing the right thing. Martha thinks it's the time and place to rush about the house ensuring that the hospitality is done just right. Jesus sees that Martha is frustrated and angry that she is alone in her serving. She is clearly 
in need of help. But her sister is refusing to help her. Jesus knows that Martha's efforts are for his sake. And Jesus answers her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Jesus is telling Martha that she does not have to worry about serving at that moment. He doesn't scold her for the work that she did before this interruption, but rather he is inviting her to slow down now, at that moment, and to join Mary in listening to his teachings. Jesus is satisfied with the level of hospitality and doesn't need Martha to continue to worry about that hospitality. So when we are called to show hospitality, when our faith calls us to do the work of Christ, there is nothing wrong with serving and working, even with Jesus' teachings taking place. But we are reminded that we should take the moment that is presented to us and listen to Christ. Something that is difficult for some of us here who take on volunteering responsibilities especially those who set up fellowship hour or those who are on ushering duties. And to put some people on the spot, it's basically impossible for our tech volunteers who have to consistently be at attention to ensure that the equipment doesn't malfunction. And as someone who has spent many Sundays in that back corner, I can assure you that they are the biggest Marthas in this room, rushing about and running about to make sure that you all can hear me and that the people online can see and hear me. But that's not a bad thing because that is their time and their place to ensure that we can worship together. But once that work is done and everything is settled, like now, for example, they don't have to worry about camera movements. Yes, they kind of have to watch the audio levels a bit, but they can kind of just relax. No PowerPoint slides to move, no things to change around. We can take that time to be centered. And much like those in the Sambo, those of us who work hard to ensure that our guests' needs are taken care of, those of us who live out the gospel and serve one another with kindness and compassion, we are invited to allow our faith to carry us to the feet of Jesus. Once our work is done, breathe. It is okay to serve. It is okay to work hard and to ensure that our responsibilities of hospitality are met. There is a time and a place to rush and serve. Let us not shy away from serving one another, but let us also not get carried away to the point of anxiety and distraction. When the opportunity is presented to us, Pause for a moment and take in the essence of faith. Let us listen for the teachings of Jesus. Take in the moment that Jesus presents to us and slow down. When we are like Martha, we take on the honorable task of hospitality. We ensure that our guests' needs are met and that we bring honor and dignity to our homes. 
when we are like Mary, we take in the opportunity to be with Christ in that moment, listening and meditating. There is a time and place to be like Mary, and there is a time and place to be like Martha. Both women do the right thing, but it is up to us to distinguish when it is appropriate to rush and when it is appropriate to slow down. Blessed be the Marys of the world taking in the teachings of Jesus, and blessed be the Marthas of the world who work to serve the needs that hospitality demands. Amen.